Chapter 9 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj. A short account of the history of mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter 9. The Mathematics of the Arabs. The story of Arabian mathematics is known to us in general outlines, but we are as yet unable to speak with certainty on many of its details. It is, however, quite clear that while part of the early knowledge of the Arabs was derived from Greek sources, part was obtained from Hindu works, and that it was on those foundations that Arab science was built. I will begin by considering in turn the extent of the mathematical knowledge derived from these sources. Extent of Mathematics Obtained from Greek Sources According to their traditions, in themselves very probable, the scientific knowledge of the Arabs was at first derived from the Greek doctors who attended the caliphs at Baghdad. It is said that when the Arabian conquerors settled in towns they became subject to diseases which had been unknown to them in their life in the desert. The study of medicine was then confined almost entirely to Greeks, and many of these, encouraged by the caliphs, settled at Baghdad, Damascus, and other cities, their knowledge of all branches of learning was far more extensive and accurate than that of the Arabs, and the teaching of the young, as has often happened in similar cases, soon fell into their hands. The introduction of the European science was rendered the more easy as various small Greek schools existed in the countries subject to the Arabs. There had for many years been one at Edessa among the Nestorian Christians, and there were others at Antioch, Emesa, and even at Damascus, which had preserved the traditions and some of the results of Greek learning. The Arabs soon remarked that the Greeks rested their medical science on the works of Hippocrates, Aristotle, and Galen, and these books were translated into Arabic by order of the Caliph Harun al-Rashid about the year 800. The translations excited so much interest that his successor al-Mamun sent a commission to Constantinople to obtain copies of as many scientific works as was possible, while an embassy for similar purpose was also sent to India. At the same time, a large staff of Syrian clerks was engaged, whose duty it was to translate the works so obtained into Arabic and Syriac. To disarm fanaticism, these clerks were at first termed the Caliph's doctors, but in 851 were formed into a college, and their most celebrated member, Honan ibn Ashak, was made its first president by the Caliph Mutawakil, 847-861. Honan and his son Ishak ibn Honan revised the translations before they were finally issued. Neither of them knew much mathematics, and several blunders were made in the works issued on that subject. But another member of the college, Tabit ibn Korah, shortly published fresh editions which thereafter became the standard texts. In this way, before the end of the ninth century, the Arabs obtained translations of the works of Euclid, 
Archimedes, Apollonius, Ptolemy, and others, and in some cases these editions are the only copies of the books now extant. It is curious as indicating how completely Diophantus has dropped out of notice that as far as we know the Arabs got no manuscript of his great work until 150 years later, by which time they were already acquainted with the idea of algebraic notation and processes. Extent of Mathematics Obtained from Hindu Sources the Arabs had considerable commerce with India, and a knowledge of one or both of the two great original Hindu works on algebra had been thus obtained in the Caliphate of Al-Mansur, 754-775, though it was not until after fifty or sixty years later that they attracted much attention. The algebra and arithmetic of the Arabs were largely founded on these treatises, and I therefore devote this section to the consideration of Hindu mathematics. The Hindus, like the Chinese, have pretended that they are the most ancient people on the face of the earth, and that to them all sciences owe their creation. But it would appear from all recent investigations that these pretensions have no foundation, and in fact no science or useful art, except a rather fantastic architecture and sculpture, can be traced back to the inhabitants of the Indian peninsula prior to the Aryan invasion. This invasion seems to have taken place at some time in the latter half of the 5th century or in the 6th century after Christ, when a tribe of the Aryans entered India by the northwest frontier and established themselves as rulers over a large part of the country. Their descendants, wherever they have kept their blood pure, may still be recognized by their superiority over the races they originally conquered, but as is the case with the modern Europeans, they found the climate trying and gradually degenerated. For the first two or three centuries they however retained their intellectual vigor and produced one or two writers of great ability. Aryabhata. The first of these is Aryabhata, who was born at Patna in the year 476. He is frequently quoted by Brahmagupta, and in the opinion of many commentators, he created algebraic analysis, though it has been suggested that he may have seen Diophantus's arithmetic. The chief work of Aryabhata, with which we are acquainted, is his Aryabhathya, which consists of the enunciations of various rules and propositions written in verse. There are no proofs, and the language is so obscure and concise that it long defied all efforts to translate it. The book is divided into four parts. Of these are devoted to astronomy and the elements of spherical trigonometry. The remaining part contains the enunciations of 33 rules in arithmetic, algebra, and plane trigonometry. It is probable that Aryabhata, like Brahmagupta and Bhaskara, who are mentioned next, regarded himself as an astronomer and studied mathematics only so far as it was useful to him in astronomy. In algebra, Aryabhata gives the sum of the first, second, and third powers of the first n natural numbers, the general solution of a quadratic equation, and the solution in integers of certain indeterminate equations of the first degree. His solutions of numerical equations have been supposed to imply that he was acquainted with the decimal system of numeration. 
in trigonometry he gives a table of natural signs of the angles in the first quadrant proceeding by multiples of three and three-quarter degrees defining a sign as a semi-chord of double the angle assuming that for the angle three and three-quarter degrees the sign is equal to the circular measure he takes for its value two hundred and twenty-five i e the number of minutes in the angle he then enunciates a rule which is nearly unintelligible but probably the equivalent of the statement sine of n plus one alpha minus sine of n alpha equals sine n alpha minus sine of n minus one alpha minus sine n alpha times cosecant alpha where alpha stands for three and three quarter degrees and working with this formula he constructs a table of signs and finally finds the value of sine ninety degrees to be three thousand four hundred thirty eight this result is correct if we take three point one four one six as the value of pi and it is interesting to note that this is the number which in another place he does give for pi the correct trigonometrical formula is sine of n plus one alpha minus sine n alpha equals sine n alpha minus sine n minus one alpha minus four sine n alpha times sine squared alpha Aryabhata therefore took four sine squared alpha as equal to cosecant alpha i.e. he supposed that 2 sine alpha equals 1 plus 2 alpha, thus using the approximate values of sine alpha and sine 2 alpha given in his table, and this reduces to 2 times 225 equals 1 plus 449, and hence to that degree of approximation his formula is correct. A large proportion of the geometrical propositions which he gives are actually wrong. Brahmagupta the next Hindu writer of considerable note is Brahmagupta, who is said to have been born in 598 and probably was alive about 660. He wrote a work in verse entitled Brahmasvuta Siddhanta, and that is the Siddhanta, or System of Brahma in Astronomy. In this two chapters, chapters 12 and 18 are devoted to arithmetic, algebra, and geometry. The arithmetic is entirely rhetorical. Most of the problems are worked out by the rule of three, and a large proportion of them are on the subject of interest. In his algebra, which is also rhetorical, he works out the fundamental propositions connected with an arithmetical progression and solves a quadratic equation, but gives only the positive value to the radical. As an illustration of the problems given, I may quote the following which was reproduced in slightly different forms by various subsequent writers, but I replaced the numbers by letters. Two apes lived at the top of a cliff, height h, whose base was distant mh from a neighboring village. One descended a cliff and walked down to the village, and the other flew up to a height x and then flew in a straight line to the village. The distance traversed by each was the same, find x. Brahmagupta gave the correct answer, namely, x equals mh divided by the quantity m plus 2. In the question, as enunciated originally, h equals 100 and m equals 2. Brahmagupta finds solutions in integers of several indeterminate equations of the first degree using the same method as that now practiced. 
he states one indeterminate equation of the second degree namely nx squared plus one equals y squared and gives uh, as its solution x equals two t divided by the quantity t squared minus n and y equals t squared plus n all divided by the quantity t squared minus n to obtain this general form he proved that if one solution either of that or certain allied equations could be guessed the general solution could be written down but he did not explain how one solution could be obtained he added that the equation y squared equals nx squared minus one could not be satisfied by by integral values of x and y unless n could be expressed as the sum of the squares of two integers curiously enough the former of these equations was sent by fermat as a challenge to wallace and lord bruckner in the seventeenth century and the latter found the same solution as brahmagupta had previously done it is perhaps worth noticing that the early algebraists where whether greeks hindus arabs or italians drew no distinction between the problems which led to determinate and those which led to indeterminate equations it was only after the introduction of syncopated algebra that attempts were made to give general solutions to equations and the difficulty of giving such solutions of indeterminate equations other than those of the first degree has led to their practical exclusion from elementary algebra in geometry brahmagupta provided the pythagorean property of a right angled triangle euclid 147 he gave expressions for the area of a triangle and that of a quadrilateral inscribable in a circle in terms of their sides and shewed that the area of the circle was equal to that of a rectangle whose sides were the radius and semi-perimeter. He was less successful in his attempts to rectify a circle and his result is equivalent to taking the square root of 10 for the value of pi. He also determined the surface and volume uh, of a pyramid and cone and problems over which Aryabhata had blundered badly. The next part of his geometry is almost unintelligible but it seems to be an attempt to find expressions for several magnitudes connected with a quadrilateral inscribed in a circle in terms of its sides. Most of this is wrong. It must not be supposed that in the original work all of the propositions which deal with any one subject are collected together and it is only for convenience that i have tried to arrange them in that way it is impossible to say whether the whole of brahmagupta's results given above are original he knew of Aryabhata's work, for he reproduces the table of signs there given, and it is likely that some progress in mathematics had been made by Aryabhata's immediate successors, and that Brahmagupta was acquainted with their works, but there seems to be no reason to doubt that the bulk of Brahmagupta's algebra and arithmetic is original, although perhaps influenced by Diophantus's writings. The origin of the geometry is more doubtful, probably some of it derived from Hero's works. Bakshara To make this account of Hindu mathematics complete, I may depart from the chronological arrangement and say that the remaining great Indian mathematician was Bakshara, who was born in 1114. He is said to have been the lineal successor of Brahmagupta as head of the astronomical observatory at Eugene. He wrote an astronomy of which only four chapters have been translated. Of these, one termed Lilavati 
is on arithmetic the second termed bija ganita is on algebra and the third and fourth are on astronomy and the sphere this work was i believe known to the arabs almost as soon as it was written and influenced their subsequent writings although they failed to utilize or extend most of the discoveries contained in it the results thus became indirectly known in the west before the end of the twelfth century but the text itself was not introduced into europe till within recent times the treatise is in verse but there are exemplary notes in prose it is not clear whether it is original or whether it is merely an exposition of the results then known in india but in any case it is most probable that bakshara was acquainted with the arab works which had been written in the tenth and eleventh centuries and with the results of greek mathematics as transmitted through arabian sources the algebra is syncopated and almost symbolic which marks a great advance over that of brahmagupta and of the arabs the geometry is also superior to that of brahmagupta but apparently this is due to the knowledge of various greek works obtained through arabs the first book or lilivanti commences with a salutation to the god of wisdom the general arrangement of the work may be gathered from the following table of contents systems of weights and measures next decimal numeration briefly described then the eighth operations of arithmetic namely addition subtraction multiplication division square cube square root cube root reduction of fractions to a common denominator fractions of fractions mixed numbers and the eight rules applied to fractions the rules of cipher namely a plus or minus zero equals a zero squared equals zero the square root of zero equals zero a divided by zero equals infinity the solution of some simple equations which are treated as questions of arithmetic the rule of false assumption simultaneous equations of the first degree with applications solutions of a few quadratic equations rules of three and compound rules of three with various cases interest discount partnership time of filling a cistern by several fountains barter arithmetical progressions and sums of squares and cubes geometrical progressions problems on triangles and quadrilaterals approximate value of pi some trigonometrical formulae contents of solids indeterminate equations of the first degree lastly the book ends with a few questions on combinations this is the earliest known work which contains a systematic exposition of the decimal system of numeration it is possible that aryabhata was acquainted with it and it is most likely that brahmagupta was so but in bakshira's arithmetic we meet with the arabic or indian numerals and a sign for zero as part of a well-recognized notation it is impossible at present to definitively trace the numerals further back than the eighth century but there is no reason to doubt the assertion that they were in use at the beginning of the seventh century their origin is a difficult and disputed question i mention below the view in which on the whole 
seems most probable and perhaps is now generally accepted and i reproduce there some of the forms used in early times to sum up the matter briefly it may be said that the lilevati gives the rules now current for addition subtraction multiplication and division as well as the more common processes in arithmetic while the greater part of the work is taken up with the discussion of the rule of three which is divided up into direct and inverse simple and compound and is used to solve numerous questions chiefly on interest and exchange the numeral, numerical questions being expressed in the decimal system of notation with which we are familiar bakshara was celebrated as an astrologer no less than as a mathematician he learnt by this art the event of his daughter lilivate marrying would be fatal to himself he therefore declined to allow her to leave his presence but by way of consolation he not only called the first book of his work by her name but propounded many of his problems in the form of questions addressed to her for example lovely and dear lilivati whose eyes are like a fawn's tell me what are the numbers resulting from one thirty five multiplied by twelve if thou be skilled in multiplication whether by whole or by parts whether by division or separation of digits tell me auspicious damsel what is the quotient of the product when divided by the same multiplier i may add here that the problems in the indian works give a great deal of interesting information about the social and economic condition of the country in which they were written thus bakshara discusses some questions on the price of slaves and incidentally remarks that a female slave was generally supposed to be most valuable when sixteen years old and subsequently to decrease in value in inverse proportion to the age for instance if when sixteen years old she were worth thirty-two nishkas her value when twenty would be rep represented by sixteen multiplied by thirty-two divided by twenty nishkas it would appear that as a rough average the female slave of sixteen was worth about eight oxen uh, which had worked for two years the interest charged for money in india varied from three and a half to five per cent per month amongst other data thus given will be found the price of provisions and labor the chapter term Bijaganita commences with a sentence so ingeniously framed that it could be read as the enunciation of a religious or a philosophical or a mathematical truth. Bakshara, after alluding to his Lilivate or arithmetic, states that he intends in his book to proceed to the general operations of analysis. The idea of the notation is as follows abbreviations and initials are used for symbols subtraction is indicated by a dot preceded above the coefficient of the quantity to be subtracted addition by the juxtaposition merely but no symbols are used for multiplication equality or inequality these being written at length a product is denoted by the first syllable of the word subjoined to the factors between which a dot is sometimes placed in a quotient or fraction the divisor is written under the dividend without a line of separation the two sides of an equation are written one under the other 
confusion being prevented by the recital in words of all of the steps which accompany the operation various symbols for the unknown quantity are used but most of them are the initials of names of colors and the word color is often used as synonymous with unknown quantity its sanskrit equivalent also signifies a letter and letters are sometimes used either from the alphabet or from the initial syllables of subjects of the problem in one or two cases symbols are used for the given as well as for the unknown quantities the initials of the words square and solid denote the second and third powers and the initial syllable of the square root marks a third polynomials are arranged in powers the absolute quantity being always placed last and distinguished by an initial syllable denoting known quantity most of the equations have numerical coefficients and the coefficients is always written after the unknown quantity positive or negative terms are indiscriminately allowed to come first and every power is replaced on both sides of an equation with a zero for the coefficient when the term is absent after explaining his notation, Bakshara goes on to give the rules for addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, squaring, and extracting the square root of algebraical expressions. He then gives the rules of cipher as in the Lilivati, solves a few equations, and lastly concludes with some operations on thirds. Many of the problems are given in poetical settings with allusions to fair damsels and gallant warriors. Other chapters on algebra, trigonometry, and geometrical applications exist, and fragments of them have been translated by Colebrook. Amongst the trigonometrical formulae is one which is equivalent to the equation d sine theta equals cos theta d theta. I have departed from the chronological order in treating here of Bakshara, but as he was the only remaining hindu writer of exceptional eminence i thought it better to mention him at the same time as i was discussing his compatriots it must be remembered however that he flourished subsequently to all the arab mathematicians considered in the next section the works with which the arabs first became acquainted were those of Aribata and brahmagupta and it is doubtful if they ever made much use of the great treatise of bakshara it is probable that the attention of the Arabs was called to the works of the first two of these writers by the fact that the Arabs adopted the Indian system of arithmetic and were thus led to look at the mathematical textbooks of the Hindus. The Arabs had always had considerable commerce with India, and with the establishment of their empire the amount of trade naturally increased. At that time, circa 700, they found the Hindu merchants beginning to use the system of numeration with which we are familiar and adopted it at once. This immediate acceptance of it was made the easier as they had no collection of science or literature written in another system, and it is doubtful whether they then proposed any but the most primitive system of notation for expressing numbers. The earliest definite date assigned for the use in Arabia of the decimal system of numeration is 773. In that year, some Indian astronomical tables were brought to Baghdad, and it is almost certain that in these, Indian numerals, including a zero, were employed. The Development of Mathematics in Arabia 
in the preceding sections of this chapter i have indicated the two sources from which the arabs derived their knowledge of mathematics and have sketched out roughly the amount of knowledge obtained from each we may sum the matter up by saying that before the end of the eighth century the arabs were in possession of a good numerical notation and of brahmagupta's work on arithmetic and algebra while before the end of the ninth century they were acquainted with the masterpieces of greek mathematics 